listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, we have urgent material to talk about. I'm talking about super urgent because you and I are in a timetable and the clock is ticking very quickly. And for most of you, you understand what I'm talking about. But what our battle is against is that there are many people that we know, we may consider them our friends or whatever, but um, the, the tragic reality is that they are disconnected from the truthful information. They're disconnected from what's really happening. They're in a state of, I'm not embellishing. In everything I just said to you, I'm not embellishing, not even one little bit. I'm deliberately underplaying it, but I am communicating to you 100% the truth. And that's what we're talking about. So this this is where the battle is, the spiritual battle. The spiritual battle is in the heads or the minds or the brains or the hearts of the people we know and interact with. And we may have known many of these people for a long, long time. But they made a choice in their life incrementally over the years. They made the conscious choice to shut down the truth. They made the conscious choice to go into denial to enter the land of make-believe, and they made the conscious choice to deny their God-given responsibility. Now, I'm talking about their God-given responsibility, not not merely their human responsibility, but their God-given responsibility to stand up in a law-abiding and peaceful manner and become immediately engaged in this spiritual warfare, which includes to be engaged in this spiritual warfare demands a twofold approach. On one hand, you become engaged by intelligently and being informed by speaking out, by participating in, in the debate, by voting. By, by rocking the boat in a law-abiding way, but you've got to rock the boat. Um, by challenging lies, by lovingly, politely, but with uh, strength, you have to confront your so-called spiritual leaders. Now, you, you don't have the right to confront them if you're going to be like a rageaholic and explode in anger or whatever, because guess what? They're not going to listen to you. So if you can't control yourself, then you, you, you can't participate in the battle. And it is a battle, because what is at stake right now? And again, I'm just going to lay it out to you, And I'm going to tell you the truth. And I know people, I have friends and everything else, but I'll tell you this. I would say a majority of the friends that I have, and it's really sad, Christian friends, they are AWOL 
absent without leave in this great spiritual battle at this moment. And and how that plays out is that they're not involved, they're not engaged, they're not participating in intercessory warfare, prayer warfare, like like with an intensity. They're walking around in a state of denial, and their heart, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody, and some of you know me, okay, and you just happen to be listening in, and I don't really have uh, a picture in my head. Uh, I'm making a general statement, but it would include all of my friends and people I know. But the most important group would be those friends that call themselves Christians and think they're serving the Lord. Now, I am not in any way, shape, or form pretending to be holier than thou, more spiritual than anybody else. I'm not pretending to be that. We don't have time to engage in in those frivolous little ego games, okay? If you say that you're a Christian, then, of course, you could ask the question, what would Jesus do? And that is a valid question. What would Jesus have you do right now as we're in the middle of the greatest spiritual battle for the hearts and souls of mankind in the history of the world, what would he have you do? And and I can tell you, and I'm not going to name any names or anything, but I can tell you that the vast majority of my so-called Christian friends, and it's not coming from a place of hatred or anger or rage, I love them, they are my friends, but I'm telling you right now, I'm doing everything I can to appeal to you right now and every other day. I'm doing everything I can with every ability and every amount of time and money that God has given me. I'm doing everything that I can do to reach people like you, my friends. Because I'm going to tell you something, and many of you have been following my writings and my speaking and ministering for years, and I appreciate the fact that that you you followed it. But we've come to a different place in America. And none of us can dare say before the Lord, well, oh, things are just going to get better. let's, Let's just trust the Lord. Things will get better. That's not what's happening right now. We are in a crisis that is imminent. Or as Israel would say, we're in, we are in an existential crisis. And, and that is just a more high-level way of saying we're in a crisis of such danger that if we don't overcome the power of our enemies intelligently, um, we will not be alive. Now, when I say that to you, I want you to think about what I'm saying. And if you're tempted to try to dismiss that as sensationalistic, as uh, somewhat amplified, I just lovingly and gently but forcefully, I need to correct you as my brother and sister in Christ. I need to correct you. Many of you are very intelligent. You know what's happening. 
So now you've got to own up to it. Okay? You have to own up to it. Because if we don't move in the strategy that God has put before us, and that's the critical issue here, to run off half-cocked like a, a raving fanatic, to lose your temper, to you know, go ballistic, to start hollering or screaming at people and stuff. None of that is acceptable to the Lord because it, it will not produce the results that we need to produce. This is all about having an enormous amount of wisdom, which God will give us at this moment. If we seek his face, God will give us an enormous amount of wisdom. And then we can move forward with God's strategy, God's wisdom, and God's plan to attempt to move forward, to attempt to engage our spiritual enemies on the battlefield of life or the battlefield of our hearts and minds without first humbling ourselves before the Lord without first uh, laying before the Lord and crying out to him for direction and wisdom, is a presumptuousness that we simply can't afford at this moment. The stakes are too high. Many of you are parents or grandparents. I know for a fact that you love your children and your grandchildren and your husband or wife or whatever. You love them passionately, and you want to see them have some kind of opportunity for a life worth living. And that's a good thing, and that's a blessed thing. And may the Lord bless you as you endeavor to make that happen. But once again, I want to remind you that the time period that we're in right now is completely different than any other time period in human history. Now, don't go into like an autopilot denial when I say that. Deep in your heart, you know that what I'm telling you is true. And if you're uncertain of that, if you would just take some time to study the facts, uh, to learn to discern the difference between all the lies we're being told, and compare that with uh, the truth that is out there, you will know what is the truth and, and what constitutes lies. Okay, so this is what we're dealing with. We have a global COVID pandemic. That's just one attack against us. That attack alone could destroy us. It could uh, annihilate America. Again, that, that there's, there's no way you can dismiss that as some kind of embellishment. That's a realistic, um, accurate projection of what's going to happen in the future. And you say, how can, how can you know that? I can know that with 100% certainty, just like I know that you can know that with 100% certainty, if you are willing to use the mind, the brain, and the wisdom God has given you. If you're willing to use that, 
at this time, you will know what you have to do. And we cannot afford the luxury of uh, just continuing on the same old path and uh, having an, a philosophical upper story leap where we, we get trapped by what psychologists call magical thinking. Magical thinking is not the same thing as faith. Magical thinking is, is a belief in something that's not based on any rational, scientific, historical evidence. It's just like, you know, jumping out of an airplane without a parachute. That's magical thinking. We can't afford that. We can't afford at this moment to listen to false prophets who are not getting their prophecies from the Lord God, from the Holy Spirit. But in reality, they're getting their prophecies from their own imagination, uh, from their own ideas. If you're following so-called spiritual leaders and so-called Christian prophets who have prophecies for you, it is your responsibility before the Lord not just to accept their prophecies. You're not supposed to do that. In fact, if you do that, you're disobeying the Lord. You are supposed to, when you hear those prophecies, you're supposed to, along with other mature believers in Jesus Christ, you're supposed to discern the prophetic word that they've delivered to you. In other words, there has to be a bunch of believers who are mature in the Lord, and you are to discern uh, with the word of God whether or not these prophecies that are coming your way are indeed true. Now, if we go back to the last election, the reality is that there was a large percentage of people in the body of Christ in America that were not following true prophets of God. They were following so-called prophets of God that were making up their prophecies out of their own imagination. And that caused millions and millions of God's people to be led astray spiritually. And the cost of being led astray spiritually was enormous. And the cost was God's people were, for the most part, neutralized. Neutralized from intelligent action neutralized from making the right choices, neutralized um, for not voting for the right person. You know, if you got caught up in following Q, this is just one example, Q was a false prophet. I'm not sure Q was even a person. There may have been people involved. But Q functioned as a false prophet propaganda operation, perhaps, and I'm not saying this with 100% certainty, perhaps Q was an intelligence agency operation, because it let, once again, it led the people of God astray to, to be seduced by a lie, and the lie went down like this, that there's going to be, God's going to miraculously, you know, come down from heaven and save us all, and 
Donald Trump will be miraculously, he will miraculously win in the next election. The, the evil deep state will be punished. All the people who've done, you know, wickedness and evil and stuff like that, they're going to be apprehended. They're going to be caught by the highest legal authorities in our land. And then they're going to receive jail sentences and prison sentences after, after they uh, go to court, after they go to trial. Now, notice that basically did not happen. So we need to be sobered by that. And we need not to be fooled by the same strategy when they attempt to use a similar strategy against us again. So we, we need to have learned our lesson. All those people that believed in Q and a lot of these prophets running around giving false prophecies, they essentially <clears throat> sedated or gave the body of Christ a narcotic, which marginalized them from taking, marginalized the the body of Christ from taking intelligent, decisive action that could have made a real constructive difference in the future of our nation. So we can't afford to do that anymore. And so if you insist uh, upon rebelling from the word of the Lord, and if you insist upon violating uh, the precepts of God, because God gives us very clear instructions regarding what we are to do with prophecies. We're supposed to discern the prophecies and discern the prophets. We're not just supposed to go around believing every fantastic story that we're told. If that's what we're doing, we're in a very serious violation of the commandments of God. And there's a huge penalty and a huge cost for violating God's word in that area. So we need to discern through the Holy Spirit and the word of God the validity of prophecies. Now, we have to have knowledge. Knowledge is power. We need to have facts, not assumptions. And here are some facts, and here is some knowledge. Let's go back to the COVID pandemic. The COVID pandemic is real. The COVID pandemic is not really about uh, a biological pandemic. I am not saying that it's not real, because it is 100% real. There, there is a real <clears throat> uh, virus, most likely invented in a biological warfare lab. There is a real virus that can seriously harm you and seriously kill you. But on the other hand, um, Many, many extremely reputable doctors across the world and across the United States are warning us that the actual vaccination, in their opinion, I'm not a doctor, the actual vaccination, in their opinion, can potentially be deadly and create uh, biological conditions in your human body which can kill you. 
Now, again, I'm not saying any of these things as if any of these things were 100% factual 100% of the time. Every person has a different age, a different immune system, and every person has a different DNA or genetic code. So all of us, to varying degrees, have, to varying degrees, uh, different levels of biological vulnerability to things like the vaccination. Some people, it doesn't harm at all. Some people, it kills. And some people, the actual um, uh, virus, COVID, kills. So you have to make intelligent decisions, not generalize decisions. But this, we have to, we have to fully grab hold of this truth together. Because this truth that we're going to bring up in a second is essentially a life and death truth. To the degree we master the truth and we understand the truth is to the degree that we will survive and be victorious, which is ultimately what God wants. And the virus, the pandemic, as well as the vaccination, are are potentially dangerous. But the, the greater danger, the greater danger regarding the pandemic, regarding the virus, regarding the vaccination, the greater danger in the long term is um, the economic collapse, the economic crisis, the mental health, suicide, anxiety, depression crisis. There is a whole spectrum of very, very real secondary crises which are killing people by the millions all over the world. Some highly respected doctors are saying that these secondary problems that come about after people get vaccinated or these secondary uh, problems which develop after people uh, follow the, the governmental protocols, like, for example, when you go into lockdown, that is social isolation. That is sensory deprivation, which inevitably, scientifically, produces, in some people, suicidal thoughts, high levels of anxiety, high levels of depression, high levels of um, uh, addictions like alcohol and drugs and other things. And so we have a growing and rising percentage of people in America. Uh, of many age categories of people that are dying. They're dying not from the virus. They're dying from all the mandatory lockdown measures. Because when you violate God's psychological neuropsychiatric laws, 
there's a price to be paid. And when you take people and, and, and basically uh, use uh, social reinforcements to lock them in their houses or apartments, separate them from having relationships with their friends, when you lock people down like that, their, their immune system crashes because their, bio, uh, their biochemistry in terms of the hormones and biochemicals that make you happy and joyous and upbeat, etc., they start to crash in the negative. And then you enter a new danger zone of suicide, of alcoholism, of drug addiction, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then, on top of that, in terms of secondary measures, when you force people uh, to shut down their businesses, when you force people uh, to shut down going to church, when you force people to stop having the, the life-giving social interactions, when you force people to do all that behavior modification, what happens is that uh, they begin to go into a psychological freefall. And then what happens, and, and this, I noticed this within the first two months of the pandemic, because I make it my business to be hyper-aware, hyper-perceptive. And I noticed that the, the punitive effects of the uh, coronavirus, uh, the punitive effects were not being distributed equally among the population. It was obvious to me, and probably obvious to a lot of you, that certain demographic groups in our society, such as the hardworking, um, the hardworking working class, the hardworking middle class, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and small business owners could be people that have like three employees or people that have 500 employees. They're the backbone of any economy. And these draconian uh, laws that forced them to shut down their businesses, they were the owners of restaurants, of clothing stores. There's, there's a whole spectrum of people that keep our economy thriving because they're the independent business owners. And what happened was when they had to go into lockdown and everything else, they began to lose their businesses left and right. They, they began to lose their restaurants, their shops, their clothing stores, their, their, you know, whatever business they have, they had to shut it down, which means they had to fire their employees. And that spread like a cancer and is still spreading like a cancer across the United States of America. There was no concern, serious concern. There was no concern. There was no protection. There was no safety net for the millions and millions of hard-working, um, working-class Americans. And there was no safety net or concern for the millions and millions of people that would be hard-working uh, middle-class business owners 
or independent contractors or whatever, they began to lose their businesses. They began to go bankrupt because of the laws that were supposed to protect them. But guess what? You and I both know that the laws were not protecting them. The laws were forcing them to go out of business, fire their employees. They couldn't afford to pay for their home mortgages. And they began to experience uh, a different kind of pandemic, a pandemic of bankruptcies. And it, 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 it has destroyed that bad decision alone. The key decision makers, the heads of banks and the giant financial institutions, they knew full well before they instituted these policies, they knew full well that this was going to cause a pandemic of bankruptcies, the loss of small businesses, and all kinds of horrible problems. So now, on a global level and a national level, with all this resurgence and new talk about, oh, we got to start the lockdowns again. We got to keep everybody in their house again. We got to shut down the restaurants again. We got to force everybody to wear masks again. Well, the minute you initiate those highly destructive economic decisions, you create uh, an economic fallout. You create a national depression. You create, uh, we already have a national uh, inflation, and now we also have a national depression and a national recession because there's zero growth in new jobs. Now, notice conversely that the people who got all the bailout money, the people that got all the money, so they could keep their businesses going, they could keep their employees hired. It wasn't churches. Churches didn't get a dime. It wasn't um, the small business owner. The people that received all the money to sustain their corporations were the owners of the giant uh, multinational corporations like Walmart and and, you know, the fast food hamburger places and, and everything else. They received billions of dollars, but the independent business owner received nothing, received nothing. So the result of that is you have uh, a global recession, a global depression and global inflation and an economic crisis that is going to accelerate when you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. It's going to accelerate, and you're going to see a global, but first a national economic crisis of unprecedented proportions. And your politicians, left and right, both sides of the fence, your politicians are not looking out for you at all. They're not looking out for you at all. So where am I going with this? All of these factors, and let's just talk about inflation for just a brief second. I use a very simple methodology to calculate inflation. I have for years. I don't need to watch some economist on television uh, distort the facts. 
All I have to do is go into a fast food restaurant store. All I have to do is go into like a uh, retail supermarket store or any other stores of, of that nature. And when I look at the price of food, when, when I look at the price of fast food hamburgers, and when I look at the prices of like vitamins and nutritional products, when I look at the prices of a spectrum of products, I immediately noticed that they're all extremely and significantly overpriced. And by my calculations early on, uh, due to inflation, the prices on all these things were jacked up by approximately 35% across the board, food, fast food, all kinds of things. Across the board, they were all 35% higher in price because of inflation. Now, you can do the math just like I can do the math. When your cost of living, including food and other things, when your cost of living is at minimum 35% higher in price, and the value of the dollars you earn is at minimum 35 to 40% less than it was before the pandemic, it's blatantly obvious that um, you are, it doesn't matter how much it says you're making on your paycheck. I mean, that's a joke. So what if you make $100 on your paycheck? If that $100 is only worth $65 because of inflation, you're far worse off. Because you're, you're not really earning $100. You're earning $100 minus the lost value in inflation. So you're only getting, not $100, it's really squeezed down to $65 on your $100 paycheck. People can't live off that. They can't afford to, to pay their mortgage payments. They can't afford to do all kinds of things. So. If you, you can break down the numbers more precisely, but that's just a rule of thumb. And it's wiping people out. Now, let's get into the, into the uh, bullseye of this entire thing. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And uh, by the way, you need to pre-order, and I know I've been talking about this for a ridiculously long time, you need to pre-order, because it's at a discount price, power from on high. If we're finishing it up, then all the pre-orders get mailed out. You are getting that book at a double discount if you pre-order it now. Not only did most of you buy it, when the dollar had value, those of you that are buying it now are buying it um, at a price far less than, than the cost of, of what it takes to produce it. 
So visit paulmcguire.us, check all of that out. And I'm Paul McGuire. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. And I need your help to spread this message as fast as possible and far and wide as possible. So I need your help in terms of donations and contributions. Simply go to paulmcguire.us. I also need your prayers and your intercessory prayer warfare for me and this ministry. And I need you to pray for me, my family, and uh, the message we are uh, sending out throughout the United States and the world. Most ministries, I would say the overwhelming majority of ministries, um, well, you ask yourself, I'm not here to judge anyone. If they're not telling you the truth, if they're not functioning as true watchmen or watchwomen of God, if they're not telling you of the reality of the real danger that is upon us, and if they're not telling you anything about what you can do to stop it, then you are empowering, essentially, a false prophet. And I'll leave it there. It's between you and the Lord. But you're, if the Lord tarries, you're going to have to look in the eyes of your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, and your loved one. Loved ones, you're going to have to look in their eyes, and then you're going to look around, if you still can, and look at America, which has become a bleak and a land of devastation, because that's where we're going very quickly. And that's not a lie, that's not an embellishment, and that's not sensationalism. Okay, so what is this pandemic thing? This is a stealth attack on the middle class, the working class, and Christian people. Christian people are specifically the center target of this all-out attack by the globalist elite, because what they're doing is they're shutting down all social media communication, uh, websites, uh, video channels, audio channels, book distribution. They're shutting it all down on purpose. No, they haven't, they haven't finished what they're doing, but that's their goal. So you've got to understand that's what is driving this spiritually or in the invisible realm. What we're fighting against ultimately is the very real spirit of Antichrist attacking the preaching of the gospel in America. Because if you bankrupt ministries and you bankrupt Christians and you make it illegal for them to exercise their freedom of speech and talk about Jesus and talk about salvation, if you do all those things, which is what they're doing right now, you are allowing them to shut down winning souls, preaching of the gospel, and communicating the Bible. You're, you're, you're giving over America's destiny into the hands of the wicked. And they're energized, not by the Antichrist, capital A, but they're being energized by the spirit of Antichrist that's demolishing everything of God, every communication about Jesus Christ, salvation, biblical morality, 
and all that stuff. The spirit of Antichrist is like a monster that has been unleashed into America. And the only people who have the willpower and the only people who have the spiritual power to defeat the spirit of Antichrist, which is driving our nation into a brutal dictatorship and a totalitarian state, the only people that God has given the power to defeat the spirit of Antichrist is born-again Christians who know the Word and who are filled with the Holy Spirit. God's Word says, For the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. When we, as Bible-believing Christians, get involved in intercessory prayer warfare, we, when we bind the powers of the devil, when we use our spiritual weapons to destroy strongholds, then the body of Christ functions as God intended it to function, as a spiritually victorious and mighty army. And the Holy Spirit is calling all of his true children. Not everybody, you know this just as well as I do, not everybody who claims to be a Christian is a Christian. Uh, a certain and a significant percentage of people who claim that they're Christians are really wolves in sheep's clothing. And we cannot surrender to the wolves in sheep's clothing. We need to obey the Lord, even if it gets rough. And how do we obey the Lord? We do what God told us to do. And what did God teach us to do? God says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. God says, make disciples of all nations. Jesus Christ says um, that we are to occupy the land until he comes. Right now, uh, this global coup d'etat, this world economic forum, this global reset, it is not what it appears to be. And this is where we need to pray fervently for our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. This is where we need to verbally and humbly and, lo and lovingly educate and bring up to speed our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We need to pray for them and then teach them and open their eyes to the fact that the global reset is ultimately, it has nothing to do with a virus, it has nothing to do with the pandemic. The global reset is, and please hear me, the global reset is a Trojan horse. It's a Trojan horse that the globalist elite, like uh, Klaus Schwab, it's a Trojan horse that the globalist elite have allowed to infiltrate America and infiltrate the church and infiltrate Christians. It is a weapon being used by the globalist elite to destroy what's left of Christian America. And the purpose of the global reset, and, I, and I'm, I'm really asking you with all my heart, I'm, I'm asking you with every fiber of my being, I'm asking you to, to write down what I'm saying and think about it and, and spread the word. 
the people behind the global reset. Let's let's expose it for what it is. The global reset is simply just another name for the new world order. The new world order was spoken about and warned about in the book of Revelation. The new world order is a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world economic system. And it's going to be headed up, according to the book of Revelation, it's going to be headed up by um, the Antichrist and the false prophet. And it will also involve a cashless society, uh, a DNA chip or a microchip implant where you can't buy or sell without the DNA chip implant. And that establishes a total lockdown on global society and a total uh, surveillance state. Now, why that's important is because the the main characteristic of every uh, dictatorship and every totalitarian government, the the, the main part of it is they all have uh, an electronic uh, surveillance state. A big brother society where you're spied on 24-7, and if you dare to talk about biblical Christianity, if you dare to talk about the Bible, if you dare to preach the gospel, you will be arrested and sent into a prison camp, just like in communist China. So the real hidden agenda behind the global reset is to establish a global reset, which is simply the New World Order under a different name. And the New World Order comes right out of the book of Revelation. And again, let's review what the New World Order is according to the book of Revelation. It is a one-world government, a one-world economic system, and a one-world religion that in the book of Revelation will be headed up by a um, antichrist and a false prophet. The false prophet is head of the one world religion and the one world economic system and the microchip or DNA chip implant. And the purpose of this mystery Babylon, one world government, one world religion, and one world economic system, this is a satanic counterfeit of God's kingdom of heaven. And the purpose of the satanic counterfeit, known as the global reset with its one world government and one world religion and one world economic system, is to allow Satan, to allow the demonic beings, to allow the uh, uh, fallen angels, to allow the principalities and powers to allow uh, the uh, invisible forces of darkness hiding in heavenly places, the entire agenda behind the global reset is the global reset is a satanic counterfeit government to the kingdom of heaven. Satan knows that Jesus Christ is coming 
soon. We can see the signs of the times increasing and accelerating everywhere. That should be a warning to us that Jesus is coming. That is not a guarantee that you're going to get plucked out of here the second things get nasty. I pray that that happens. I would love for that to happen. But you need to be prepared either way it goes. So, we read the Word of God. We recognize that all these signs of the times um, are telling us that the, the time period known as the second coming of Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ returns to planet Earth, uh, along with the armies of heaven, and Jesus Christ descends on the valley of Megiddo, where the Battle of Armageddon is being waged. And the Battle of Armageddon is this all-out, end-times, last-days battle between God, God's people, God's angels, and Satan, and Satan's angels, and all those people who have sold their soul to Satan. It's an all-out battle. Jesus Christ will win the Battle of Armageddon. And what he will do after he is victorious with Armageddon, he will lock up and send into the lake of fire every fallen angel, every demon, every man or woman that sold their soul to the devil. He will send into the lake of fire the Antichrist and the false prophet. Now, remember, it has always been the lust of Satan to, to, to be worshipped as God. So the Bible teaches us that Satan goes into the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and demands that the world worships him as God. And in order to worship Satan as God, or the Antichrist as God, you have to publicly renounce Jesus Christ as Lord, and then you have to uh, publicly uh, announced that you're going to worship the Antichrist as God. In the meantime, the Antichrist will be sitting in the throne room of God inside the rebuilt temple of Jerusalem. And then Christ will come back riding on a white horse along with the armies of heaven, and he will remove the Antichrist from sitting on God's throne in the rebuilt temple of Jerusalem, and he will send all the followers of the Antichrist and Satan into the lake of fire. He'll destroy them, and then Jesus will move with the armies of heaven, with the angels that follow him, with the men and women that follow him. Jesus will move to Jerusalem which will become the new capital of planet Earth, and Jesus will rule and reign planet Earth from its new capital, along with David, who will be his co-ruler. And that's all coming up. Now, we don't know exactly when Christ is coming. We may have a theological position, that's fine. But in this interim period, we do know one thing. 
God wants us, Jesus Christ told us, to occupy until he comes. So we are to use our spiritual authority in prayer to occupy until Jesus Christ comes. The people that are organizing this new world order or global reset, they are wicked people, and most of them are Luciferians or Satanists. They're involved in the occult and witchcraft. Some of them are involved in very dark and very evil satanic rituals. They hate Christians because we Christians worship Jesus Christ. So the armies of Lucifer and Lucifer himself, they despise us. They despise us. So the number one reason Satan um, and Lucifer are doing everything they can as fast as they can to, to do this global reset is this is an all-out attack on the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is an all-out attack on all those that would make disciples of all nations. The global reset is an all-out attack on um, true biblical Christianity. It's an all-out attack on Bible-believing Christians. It's an all-out attack on all those that would make disciples of all nations. Satan or Lucifer is mobilizing his demonic forces. And in every totalitarian regime, the way it plays out is first they shut down the communication systems. And the global reset is in the process of doing that right now. They are arresting people all over the world. They're arresting people in the United States for simply talking about Jesus Christ, for simply uh, talking about Bible prophecy, and for simply talking about uh, salvation. People are being arrested all over the United States. Their social media is being pulled down. Their, their uh, videos are being pulled down. Their, their books are being censored. Why? Because the, gl- the global reset people and those that are serving Lucifer are doing everything in their power to prevent the preaching of the gospel. They're doing everything in their power to block the last day's soul harvest. And finally, they're doing everything in their power to stop or block an authentic biblical last days revival and an authentic and biblical um, uh, last days third great awakening. Satan hates that because right now the church in America an accurate assessment would be to say that the church in America is essentially, at this moment, extremely spiritually weak. That's why the devil is pressing so hard, and that the devil is taking so many souls with him to hell, and why the devil is recapturing and capturing our land. The reason for the the, the many victories of the devil has to do with the fact that 
the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, at this moment, unfortunately, is in an extremely spiritually weak position. And because we are in a spiritually weak position, the devil feels empowered and he's marching and he's advancing with his demonic armies to take more and more territory and to deceive more and more people. So what do we do as true Bible-believing Christians? It is critical that everybody who calls themselves a Bible-believing Christian, at this moment in time, not a a day later, not an hour later, because we don't know how much time we have, it is critical that every Bible-believing Christian immediately begins to repent before God of their sins and for the sins of the body of Christ. Because the sins we commit individually and the sins we're committing collectively are draining our spiritual uh, power in the great spiritual battle. Then we have to do what the church has always had to do when it's in a spiritual battle and it's losing. So what does God want us to do? When you read the book of Acts, Jesus Christ plainly tells his church that we are to be filled with power from on high. We are to be filled with power from on high, and we are to be clothed with power from on high. Power from on high is the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that is poured out on every Christian, and it's poured out on the body of Christ, and that's God's way of infusing us with his miraculous and supernatural power so we can defeat the demonic realm, uh, Satan, and the followers of Lucifer. The only way that we can win the spiritual battle is to be clothed with power from on high and to be filled uh, with power from on high. Now, in the book of Acts, when you read how the church came together as one, they met in the upper room, and they cried out to God in intercessory prayer. That means they prayed, and they gave it 100%. And as God's people prayed in one accord, the Lord God Almighty poured out his Holy Spirit upon his church with the supernatural power of God. They were, at that moment, clothed with power from on high. They were filled with power from on high. That made them supernaturally strong. You and I, at this moment in the battle, need to be supernaturally strong. When we are made supernaturally strong by the power of the Holy Spirit, we then become who we are, which is we, be, we become bold as a lion. Bold as a lion. Nobody's running. Nobody's scared because we're bold as a lion. And finally, as we seek God in the upper room, God pours out his Holy Spirit on the church. God pours out the dunamis, which means 
the dynamite explosive power of the Holy Spirit. So while we're crying out to God with all our hearts, God will pour out his dunamis, which is the the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, it's the explosive dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. The dunamis is the dynamite explosive power of the Holy Spirit being released in the hearts and minds of Christians and being released by the church into the earth so we can be victorious in the spiritual battle, especially in America. So we must be clothed with power from on high. God will ignite the force of the dunamis, which means the dynamite explosive power of the Holy Spirit. Power from on high will ignite. When power from on high ignites, and let's, let's, let's zoom in on America right now. We're in a raging spiritual battle, and right now we need to gather together as one and cry out to God and believe God that he will pour out his Holy Spirit upon us, which is the dunamis, the explosive dynamite power of God, that that dynamite power of God will detonate in the heavenlies. Now, we, we may not have six months from now. So it, so it has to dynamite in the heavenlies now. Like now. And then, and then, as we receive power from on high, and the dunamis explodes, this is what will begin to happen in America. This is what will begin to happen through the American church so that it can fulfill its last day's destiny. When the dunamis dynamite power of God explodes in the invisible realm or the spiritual world, that will cause all the satanic strongholds to melt, to to, um, disintegrate. Uh, by the by, the fiery blast of the dunamis dynamite power of the Holy Spirit, a stronghold is a satanic obstacle, or its words, or it's a symbol. A stronghold is the satanic power of Lucifer, erect, erecting a blockade, erecting a barrier in the invisible realm, designed to prevent God's power from moving into the earth and producing a last day's uh, revival. So, we cry out to God, God ignites the dunamis, the dynamite power of God, and it explodes. Now, what will happen in the unseen realm? What will happen in the invisible realm? What will happen in the spiritual realm is that these strongholds will vaporize these demonic armies, uh, people following Lucifer, all of these obstacles, uh, all of these enemies of the supernatural body of Christ will be vaporized and destroyed by the power of Almighty God. And what God is waiting for us to do now, and when I say now, God means now as in right now, not, not tomorrow, not three hours from now, like right now, the battle is raging, but Jesus Christ 
has given us the power, the spiritual power, to turn the tide of the spiritual battle, to uproot the satanic roots of the global reset, to uproot the Luciferian roots of the global reset and the new world order. But we must do our part. We can't sit on our hands and daydream. We need to go boldly into the throne room of grace through the blood of Jesus, which cleanses us from all sin. And we need to ask God specifically for what we need and for what we want him to do. And what we want to do, we need to come before God and ask God first to pour the power of the Holy Spirit to clothe me and you with power from on high right now. And as God pours his power from on high in and through us right now, we will then at that moment become victorious. We will become victorious. The the church in America will become victorious the moment it stops relying on its own human strength and begins to rely on the supernatural strength or the supernatural power of Almighty God. But it has to be done now. So our job is to come boldly into the throne of grace, to move into the presence of God, and to ask God to wage war with the demonic armies, and to wage war uh, against the enemies of, of God's people, and to wage war against those that are opposing the gospel of Christ. We need to wage war in the heavenlies using our law-abiding, peaceful, spiritual weapons. And we need to cry out to God. And as we cry out to God, what will happen? You can feel it in your inner man. I can feel it happening right now. What I feel in my inner man, which is basically in, in the pit of my stomach area, Out of your inmost being will flow rivers of living water. So what I'm feeling in my inner man right now is a rising tide of the dunamis, dynamite power of God, welling up in supernatural power inside of me. And then the rivers of living water are flowing from my inner man and being released into the earth. And then I praise God, because you see, when God moves so powerfully, so awesomely in your life and my life, I I, I can't help myself. I have to, and you have to, begin to praise him, to praise his name, praise you, Jesus, to worship him. And as you begin to praise and worship God, to praise and worship Jesus Christ, He releases his supernatural power in and through us. So right now, at this moment, I feel in my heart, I I sense it with my spirit. And what I sense in my spirit right now, as we're praising God, is a supernatural transformation, a supernatural change in direction. And the power of God is rising in me. And the power of God is rising in you. And I feel a supernatural fortification being produced by the Spirit of God. 
And in addition to that, I feel God anointing me with power from on high. So I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit uh, being poured out upon me, just like it's described in Acts chapter 2 and Joel chapter 2. I feel the supernatural power of God, the anointing of God being poured out upon me, and I feel myself being supernaturally strengthened like David was moments before David confronted Goliath, the giant, and moments before David dropped uh, Goliath with his slingshot stone. The Lord, if you listen in the heavenlies right now, you can hear the blowing of the shofars, the trumpets of warning. The watchmen, the true watchmen, are blowing the trumpets of warning in the invisible realm. And you can hear that if you'll tune your ears to it. And as you hear God's uh, watchmen begin to blow the, the shofars, and you can sense a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God coming upon God's people, then you begin to see in the spiritual realm, like Elijah's servant saw in the spiritual realm, because Elijah's servant was totally freaked out when he was looking upon, you know, a hundred thousand heavily armed Syrian warriors that were just drooling to come in and slaughter the armies of Israel. And Elijah's servant was freaked out. And Elijah the prophet uh, cried out to God, and Elijah the prophet said, Lord, open the eyes of my servant Elijah so that he can see. And then supernaturally, through supernatural power, through revelation power, the eyes of Elijah were supernaturally opened, and all of a sudden he saw the the burning, flaming uh, armies of God all over the hills uh, coming down upon the Syrian armies and coming down to rescue God's people. And it just blew his mind. And then he saw the chariots of fire, the technology of God, that the servant of Elijah saw actual chariots of fire, the technology of God. So Elijah's servant sees the armies of heaven coming down and the flaming, the supernatural flaming chariots of fire coming down from the hills to destroy. Uh, the enemy army sent there by Satan. In a similar manner, as we gather together as one in prayer, crying out to God with everything in us, God will give us a supernatural revelation of the fact that the armies of heaven have been sent to deliver us, and the chariots of fire have been sent to deliver us, and that uh, God is poising his people supernaturally to destroy the satanically Luciferian sent armies of hell. And so the status quo will be broken the moment we start crying out to God and doing kingdom business like no other business. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us.
Um, I need your help with donations and contributions. We're moving forward. We're, we're moving outward. And we're crying out to God uh, for his anointing. We're not retreating. We're not hiding. We're going to fulfill our mission in God, which is to wake up the body of Christ and, and destroy the demonic armies. But I can't do it without your help. I need your financial contributions and your donations. And then I need your intercessory prayer warfare for you to engage in intercessory prayer warfare for me, the ministry, and the, the spiritual battle we're facing, and for America. We're together, we're going to turn the tide of this thing. You understand? It's not a game. We're going to turn the tide of this thing. And then finally, I need your prayers for me, my family, and for all those who are partnering with this ministry. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us.